Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Anyway, this word just came and I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is a word for me. And this is a really good word for the church. And then as the week went on, we actually realized it was confirmed over and over and over again. And God was actually speaking the same word to all these pastors that we were meeting with from all across the U.S. And even we had a pastor there from Brazil, and he was been speaking the same thing to him. And Noe had this realization that was really amazing that God is like, he's not just speaking to Harvest Time Church. He is speaking to all of his children. He's speaking to all of his leaders that he has called to lead a body of Christ. He's, leading, he's, he's speaking to his full body of Christ globally. And he's speaking because, of course, it's the Holy Spirit that lives in each of us, right? The same Holy Spirit. He's speaking the same thing. It's like, no, he said, it's like he's shouting from a megaphone to the whole earth. This is my will. This is what I want you to accomplish in um. And one little tidbit that I wanted to share with you that we shared last year um, whenever we did our 21-day fast at the beginning of the year. Um, We are firm believers that prayer accomplishes things in the spiritual, and when we pray and fast, and we have a special time of doing that, we are accomplishing things in the spiritual that we are then going to walk out in the natural. So when we pray, when we fast, we release God to work in the earth, we petition him for the requests that we have. We submit our wills to God. We submit what we want to do and what we see happening to him. And then we get up and we walk it out, okay? Um, and so uh, I'm just going to walk out God's plan this morning, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you wouldn't let me be distracted by anything technical or even my notes, Father God, but that you would say what you want to say this morning with this word. In Jesus' name. Um, Our theme verse for this morning's message is from Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, and that's in your bulletin, or you can look it up in your Bible and underline it, because this is your word for this year. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never cease. Each of us has a seed to sow and a harvest to reap. We're guaranteed that in that scripture. It said, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest are never going to cease. Not only that, but we all live in a season of sowing and in a season of reaping, okay? Think about your health. My health this morning is not determined by the donut that I ate in the breakfast spot before church. My health this morning is is determined by what I've been eating and how I've been exercising and treating my body for the last three months. I sowed seed that is now reaping the harvest that I have. If you came to church this morning and your marriage is falling apart, it is not because you had a knockdown, drag out fight on your way here this morning. It's because you have not been sowing seeds in the former time of the harvest that you want to be reaping now. So that introduces a third element to sowing seed and reaping a harvest. And that element is time. Time is when the spirit is at work. Time is the God factor. Time is the thing that we have no control over. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. If they can pop it up there fast enough. Y'all can read it with me. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, 
for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God has a timing that only he knows. I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to give an emphasis to a different word. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We have a responsibility. That scripture is conditional. We sow. God does what only he can do with our seed. We have to not give up. We can't speak death to our seed that we've sown. If we sow a seed and speak death to it, we're never going to see the harvest because it's going to die in the ground. If you say, my marriage is falling apart, we're going to go out this, we're gonna, I'm going to take my wife out. I'm going to take her to this big lunch. We're gonna, I'm going to take her to this Valentine's banquet. But then you're going to turn around, you're going to sow that seed. <laughs> Seed's more than money, you all know that. But anyways, but you're going to sow that seed. You're going to take her to this Valentine's banquet. But then you turn around and you tell your friend, there's really no hope. I mean, there's nothing we can do. This is a last-ditch effort. I mean, if God doesn't do something, he's going to have to just do something because, you know, there's just no hope. You've just spoken death over the seed. You've just sown. That was just pointless to sow that seed. We have to speak life to our seed. We don't know God's timing. It is in his proper time. We have to allow our spirits to submit to his spirit inside of us. You know, when I sow a seed, well, I think, I don't sow seed, guys, but I would think, If I was sowing a seed, I would be looking down at the ground, and I would have my eyes on that seed. I would be making sure that I put it in a good spot of soil. I would be making sure that there's no weeds and pests around there. My eyes would be on the seed. I would be thinking, okay, all right, my eyes are there. I'd be looking at that seed. But God's eyes, guys, God's eyes are in the harvest. We cannot worry about the what if that seed doesn't grow. We can't worry about what if people make fun of me while I'm saying this harvest is coming and we don't, and we don't see anything with our physical eyes. We cannot worry about that. We have to align our spirits with God's spirit and set our eyes on the harvest. Oh, Lord, thank you. If I were to go back with our Velocity kids on a Sunday morning and expect for them to walk out of there an hour later knowing firmly the word of God, being mighty prayer warriors, knowing the scripture back and forth, and, and speaking and, and, and operating in every gift of the spirit, I would be sorely disappointed after that hour was up because there is seed time and there is harvest, and in between there is time. And let me tell you something else. If I just kept plugging away and just kept looking at my seed that I'm sowing, I would still get a little discouraged as I'm going because I'm really pouring a lot into them. I'm really pouring a lot. I'm pouring time. I'm pouring money. I'm pouring energy. I'm planting the word. I'm just seeing a little growth, a little growth. But if I will look forward to the day of the harvest, if I will know that these young people are the men and women of God that are about to lead our church in the years to come, if I know, I'm looking for kids in this church today, if I know that Jace, thank you, sir, if I know that Jace is one day going to be teaching Olivia 
the word of God, then how much more will I want to sow into him so that he is ready to walk into the destiny that God has for him when he is older, all right? And this is not just about our children, you guys. We all have a seed. Now, I do have a question for you children since it's Family Sunday. We taught a little while ago about the, the boy with the fish and the loaves, right? And, and what did he have? Do you, do, y'all, do you kids remember about the fish and the loaves? How many fish and loaves did he have? Anyone remember, Sam? Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. He didn't know it because I taught it in Sunday school. See, I would be discouraged. <laughs> he had five fish and two loaves. And God used that. And he made a miracle. He fed a multitude, not just 5,000. Kids, I don't know if y'all remember. How many did he feed? What did they figure it up? It's more like, say it, Jace. No, you guys know. Say it, Levi. 15,000. They figure somewhere between 10 and 15,000 people that he probably fed with that. Anyways, yeah, see, I would be discouraged. I taught that, y'all. I taught that. We even did math on the whiteboard back there. Anyways, there is a miracle happening while you're waiting for your seed to grow. There is a miracle happening in the time of waiting. Uh, The biggest fear a farmer can have when he's sowing a seed is that it will not rain, that no water will come. But if the rain was guaranteed to come, what do you think that farmer is going to do? That farmer is going to sow all the seed he can fit into the soil and into the plot that he owns. He's going to sow every last thing that he can. And he's not just going to sow any seed. He's going to sow his very best seed into the ground. We have to give our best. God is calling us to give our best. We are entering a season when the Lord has said, not just here at Harvest Time, I'm telling you, I was like, Lord Jesus, what are you doing in the earth? And he said, because he's telling everybody, the rain is coming. You are guaranteed rain. You are a farmer who is guaranteed rain. Are you going to sow your seed? Because if you don't sow any seed, it's not going to matter if it rains or not. Amen? That's a good word. It's not going to matter if it rains or not. If you haven't sown any seed in the ground, we have to sow, and we have to sow our best seed. In 1 Kings chapter 18, y'all don't have to turn there. I'm going to tell you the true story that's recorded there because we know that all the word of God is true. Right, kids? Yes. Yes, we do know that. (laughs) Elijah prayed for rain. He sent his servant seven times to look for a sign that the rain was coming. And six times his servant came back. I don't see any signs. I'm sorry, I don't see any signs. Elijah kept praying. Elijah didn't say, well, maybe it won't come. Elijah kept sending him out, expecting for him to see a sign of rain. And on the seventh time, his servant came back and said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand rising on the sea. And Noe and I are testifying to you this morning in this season We see a cloud the size of a man's hand rising on the sea. The rain is coming. Get your seed ready. Start to plant because the rain is coming. 
Amen. Noe. All right. <laughs> I'll help you down. Thank you. Tag. The rain is always promised every single time. And that's one of the biggest different things that sometimes we have that with someone without faith. Whatever seeds that I plant, I am guaranteed that I will reap. Seeds of righteousness, righteousness or seeds of wickedness. It doesn't matter what I sow. It's, it's, it's something. It says seasons will come, seasons will go. One thing I have promised for all eternity is what? The principle of sowing and reaping, winter and summer. You know, there are these seasons of change that are continually happening in the life of the church. And, you know, right, I don't, I don't know if you, those of you who were here last Sunday, man, we were right on the brink in that moment of worship where we were standing on the side of the pool. Now, every kid approaching the pool doesn't approach it like us adults, right? The older you get, what do you do? Man, it's kind of cold. I can't see how deep it is. I don't know what's in the water. You know, there is so much brain and a lack of heart. But I tell you what, a child does not care. If they get permission to go in that pool, they're just going to go right? We see that immediate. So this last Sunday, we were on the brink of something great. And I, and I saw God, you know, this was before we went this week, but I said, God, you're up to something good. There is beginning to be a shifting in the season of this church. We felt it spiritually, practically, there were some things in the church that we were working through and there was a shifting. There was a changing of a season. Well, when one season ends, a new season begins. And what we sow is what we will reap. We have to realize, guys, that we are living right now in the moment of seeds that we have planted previously. You say, well, I didn't plant anything. Man, too bad for you. You know, think about it. If we are living in the seasons of, of, of seeds planted in the past, we would be ignorant to not continually plant every season of our life. Because the rain will come. Those seeds will produce a harvest. The shifting of seasons is changing, and God is up to something great. So if we look at that story just a little bit closer, you know, I'm super excited because, you know, uh, me and Becky were talking about how do we tag team this message? How do you, you know, we don't want to just like lose a whole bunch of momentum in the middle of it and stop. And, you know, she was wanting to pause earlier on. I said, oh, no, go for it. If you're going to go for it, go for it. So if we look at that scripture, you know, it says that Elijah, you know, he went to the top of the mountain, you know, but before he went, he says, there is a sound of heavy rain. It had not yet rained yet. There was not yet a storm cloud. There was nothing yet seen, but yet in the spirit, he's heard the sound. That's what we are communicating today. We hear the sound of a rain coming, and the seeds that we plant will produce a harvest within this church. I've never been so excited to have the name Harvest Time. As I see this season of what God is doing, because it paints such a vivid picture of the intentionalness of what we need to do. We cannot reap a harvest if we have not sown seed. But God is going to encourage you to plant your best seed. That was one thing that we, walk, that we you know, as leaders this week, we talked about, says, what prevents us from giving our best seed? Well, it's precious. It's mine. What if, what if I plant that seed and it doesn't grow. So here's, here's a few variables we got to look at and we got to understand this morning. First and foremost, if we know it's going to rain, we can trust God in planting our best seed. 
right? We can trust God at that. But then what does that scripture say? It says that he gives seed to who? The sower. So if I'm the sower and God is the seed supplier, he asked me to plant those seeds. They were never mine to begin with because I think that's another thing. We want to take ownership of that seed. You know, we have to understand in, in, the, um, in the farmer's way, there was seed for eating and there was seed for planting. One was for sustenance, one was for, to provide for the future, to provide this multiplication process to have more than they had need of. It was the only way they could ensure that, hey, you know what? We don't know what this crop is going to produce, so I had to keep some back because I don't know the results of the harvest. So this morning, we're saying the harvest will come to fruition. It is going to happen. The rain is going to come, even to the point of where we hold some of that seed back for our own preservation, that God says, you could even trust me in, per- in sowing that because I guarantee the return. I guarantee the return. But it says he heard the sound of heavy rain and he went to the top of the mountain and this was his posture. It says he went to the top of Carmel and he bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. This is a posture of humility, of submission, of kneeling before the presence of God in hopes of sending the rain, of sending the cloud. And then that story goes on. You know, it takes them seven times. Why did it take seven? There's a lot of intentionalness about the seventh time that God completes the work. But that seventh time, it says that he went. And, you know, you think about a rain cloud. In Texas, if you, it ain't even a rain cloud. If you, if you see a cloud like this, I probably would walk back. I wouldn't be running back and say, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. I'd be like, well, there's a little... Something, I don't even know, I can see it right. You know, like that small and that insignificant. But this was the response. What did he say? He said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up his chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So how many of you know when it says you are, if you are stopped by the rain, this is monsoon caliber rain. This isn't just a little mist. This isn't just a little drizzle. It says that it will overwhelm you. It will cause every dry ground to be saturated. If we look at Isaiah 41, 18, I really believe that this is a promise for, uh, for the season of this church. So Isaiah 41, 18. It says, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. There will be no dry place. There will be no cracked ground. It'll be the most prosperous year you have ever experienced. So how foolish would we be to not put seed in the ground? If this is a year of harvest, that this is a year of the rain of the Spirit of the Lord, that we will begin to see that moving on the face of the earth through the life of this church. I'm going to share a little bit. I know Becky already talked about it, but one of the biggest revelations I had this week was of God speaking forth from heaven to the earth. When God says, I am sending my rain, he is not just talking to Harvest Time Church. He is talking to the body of Christ. And when he talks about the body of Christ, who is he talking about? Oh, he's talking about the Catholic. He's talking about the Baptist. He's talking about the Pentecostal. He's talking about the body of Christ. 
So this began to shift my understanding because I think as a church, we want to be selfish that, oh, God is only speaking to me. But as he speaks forth from his throne, his goodness to the earth, he is speaking to the body of Christ for all of us. But who will heed his call? And who will realize the urgency that, that he wants to take us corporately, globally through these transitions of seasons? Just like God is beginning to pour his spirit out in the United States, he's pouring it out in Africa. He's pouring it out in Australia. That God is the same God of heaven and of earth, not of Harvest Time Church. That limits our understanding of who God is, and it's really selfish. And that's one thing that really radically shaped my thought process. When God speaks, he is speaking globally. The times of harvest are coming, that the rains will come. So what can we do to ensure our focus on the harvest and that, 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 that we are going to be focused on sowing seed? So this week, we're going to start a week of prayer and fasting. So we have to know, guys, that prayer is how we plant seed, okay? So we sow in the natural, but it allows us to tap into the supernatural, okay? If we look at Matthew 6, let's turn to that because it's going to give us a little bit of framework um, for some of this. So Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Matthew 6, 16 through 18, it says, uh, When you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Verse 17, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the biggest thing I want to take away, not how it was done, what they did, that they didn't want to make this big spectacle of, hey, look at me, look at me, I'm fasting. But there's a, there's a, there's a statement in there at the beginning. It, at the very beginning, it says, when you fast... So if we say when you fast, I'm assuming when God wrote his word, he expected fasting. When you fast. So it was conditional. When you do it, do it in this way. So if we look back in this passage, there's three things that he talks about. He talks about, you know, and you guys can read it in in Matthew 6, but it says when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, do it in this way, right? So how many of you give, your givers in the house? You make that a priority. You try to honor God with that, and we're okay with that. How many of you say, hey, you know, I pray, you know, how many of you pray in the house? Okay, so we expect that. We say, hey, when we pray, we're going to do it this way. When we give, we give it this way. But we stop short and we say, okay, we'll give and we'll pray. But oh, no, you're talking about fasting. That's a whole nother level of commitment. But it is the same exact wordage. When you, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. All of these principles are something that should be practiced on a regular basis. So, so most people agree that giving and prayer are important, but we stop short of the fasting part. So this morning, we want to look at how important it is that people should give, pray, and fast. So there's always seed time and there's always harvest. We've talked about that. So when you, you sow your seed, because why? The rain is coming. If you hold your seed, it, does no, it has no value, except you eat it. And then you eat it, and then it's gone. Right? So if we pray, we plant seed. But if we don't pray, we are literally withholding that seed. We're not allowing the God factor to be involved in the process. When we hold, hold it, we are in complete control of it. Okay? 
So when we pray, we make supernatural seed deposits. Prayer and fasting draws us out to the, from the natural to the spiritual. It causes something to change within us when we do this. You know, so that 2 Corinthians 9, 10, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply the increase of your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest. He provides the seed, but he asks us to plant that seed, to invest that seed, to do something with it. You know, every time you plant a seed, you get way more than you put in. Have you ever seen that? You know, you plant, you plant a tomato plant or you get the tomato plant. And, or, you know, I've seen, you know, fruit trees, citrus trees, grapefruit trees that you would, you would assume those trees are going to break under the load that they have sown. How many of you know how many seeds it took to grow that tree? Started with one. A whole lot of time factor there, right? You're like, well, I don't want to wait that long. But if we begin to plant seeds at every season of our life, we'll always have seeds producing a harvest. There'll be very few dry seasons in our life, spiritually, okay? Mark 9, 20, 28 through 29. This is in the New King James Version. Your NIV and some of your other translations, it will not be written like this, but I think it's important to look at the King James or the New King James Version. So is what happened in the story, you know, the disciples came into the house and his disciples asked him privately, he says, why could we not cast it out? So what happened, there was a, there was a mute spirit and they tried to cast him out and they couldn't. You know, so they had, they had been, they experienced something that was to a supernatural level because what did it say? He had given them all authority, but they hit a limitation factor. They hit something that they could not overcome, but this was not normal. You know, they kind of scratch their heads. They took the, the individual to Jesus. He cast it out like it was just another day in Jesus' business world, right? So then they, they get to him and they say, hey, they asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Verse 29, and he says, and he said to them, this kind can only come out by, but by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This is, a, this, is a, this is a, it's not just prayer, but it is prayer and fasting. So we have to understand that fasting is a practice that takes things to a whole nother level. If you say, man, there's something in my life I can't shake loose of, maybe fasting is what's gonna activate that faith to release it in your life. Faith takes it to a whole nother level. Let's say something you've been praying for for a while. You haven't seen breakthrough, and maybe it's even in somebody else's life that you've been believing somebody to come to the knowledge of the Lord. Fasting can change those conditions. It increases you to a whole nother level. You know, those seeds planted, you know, I've always seen it, you know, when we fast, it's like those seeds on fertilizer. It causes it to grow way significantly more than, than its natural ability. And I think that's what fasting allows us to tap into. So with all attempts for breakthrough, they were exhausted, they were tired, they couldn't do it. But so the, the moment that you get to that place of where you want breakthrough in your life, I declare it's time to fast. When you get to the point of where maybe you can't cast out a demon, which I don't know how many people are going around casting out demons you know, on a regular basis, you know, but if you get to that place where you, you, if you face something that, that seems unmovable, have we practiced fasting? You know, it was very clear. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, just go pray more. He said, prayer with active fasting also. 
He gave us a formula. You know, fasting was something that was, that was done on a regular basis. What did Jesus do before he started his ministry? He said he was full of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, this was no food. This was no water. This was a hardcore fast. And I think 40 days, 40 nights without food and water, man, God better be speaking to me if I'm going to survive through that. I'm sure after day three, I'd look pretty rough. 40 days. But it says that even Jesus prayed and he fasted. It says that he came to the end of that 40 days and then he was hungry. So that talks about he did not eat for that time. He did not drink, but he was tempted and he was tried. I find it interesting that it was the Holy Spirit that led him to that place. Said no one ever, I just want to starve today and, and fast and pray. That's not something that we normally in our flesh will ever decide to do. It has to be something that is birthed by the Spirit of God. Find that story of Jesus in Luke 4 if you want to look at it when you have time. So when our prayers seem to be ineffective, it's time to start fasting, guys. When they're just not working, when we're asking for breakthroughs. So let's look at a few things to maybe better understand fasting a little bit. So first and foremost, fasting is for you, not for God. Fasting does, does not change who God is. Say, oh, well, maybe if I fast, God will change. No, the catalyst for fasting always changes you as the individual. So fasting causes us to be more sensitive to the things of God. Fasting and prayer, it always secures uh, the plans of the Lord and, and make, ensures that those things will prevail. When we fast and we pray, it prepares the way. We cannot accomplish anything without prayer first. You guys realize that? How many of you have tried something, tried something, you're working hard, it's just not working out, and then you decide to pray? Who's done that? Don't lie to me. Who's done it? Somebody? I know I have. You try to figure it out, right? You try to prevail. You try to get through it. You're like, man, maybe I should ask God and start praying about this. And you got, you know, I think God just sits there, arms crossed, just sitting there shaking his head, say, good luck, buddy. You never asked for my help. So when we pray and when we fast, it allows God to be involved in the process. But every time that we pray and fast, it, it allows, uh, it prepares the way to succeed. Second thing, fasting causes your flesh to die and your spirit to grow. So the moment you begin to stop eating, do you know what your body says? Got this from Pastor Daniel in Brazil. I am going to die. You ever been there? Like, think about it. You cannot eat anymore for the next month. Ooh, I'm going to die. Like, that, that, that's literally what your flesh cries out. I am going to die. And you guys have to realize that is the whole point, that your flesh man may die and that your spirit man may increase. But we're so governed by our flesh, we do what it feels like doing. We, we, we're lazy when it wants to be lazy. We're so subject to the flesh, and we're very... We're not subject to the spirit. You guys realize that? More often than not. So every time that we, we decide to fast, your, your flesh is saying, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. And it will cry out. You ever had hunger pains? What do you think your stomach's telling you? Hey, ringing that dinner bell. What are you doing to me? It's ain't normal. Go grab a Snickers. Go eat some food. I'm dying in here, Literally. That's literally what happens. Your body says, I am going to die. I cannot make it. So this, what this does, it reminds your flesh that you are in control of your body. You realize that? It's, it says, I am to be subjective to the spirit, not to the flesh. 
Because you guys got to realize we're going to be in the flesh the rest of our lives till we go see Jesus. If we don't get control of our flesh now, it will continue to rule and reign our whole lives. So when we choose to fast, it is causing our flesh to be in alignment with the spirit. Does it like it? Absolutely not. But it reminds it who's in control. You see a lot of breakthrough during fasting in the body. Okay? So fasting, number three, fasting should be practiced often. Okay, so we should make sure that fasting is a lifestyle, not something we just do once a year or or very rarely. So um, how often would you ask? You know, I'd encourage you to be sensitive to the Spirit of God in this. You know, as He leads you to fast, fast. If He's not leading you to fast, then don't worry about it. If you're needing breakthrough in your life, you said, I've been praying, no, it hadn't been working. Well, I'm going to tell you, have you tried fasting? You know, I'm just going to encourage you in that principle, but we got to be led by the Spirit of God of how often. But I say how often, as often as necessary. I don't think God, you know, asks us to, to fast all of the time, but I believe that there are certain moments, you know, on a regular basis that God desires for us to fast. But are we willing to do it? Well, I don't like it. Very few people, I think, like fasting, like the, the starvation part of it. The, the spiritual side is great. You know, I've never been one that said, man, that was just great. I just enjoyed not eating all that. Or, you know, if you've ever fasted and you're sitting around other people who are not fasting, <laughs> you're sitting there looking at their food. It's like, I mean, even smelling it, you got to stay away. Those first few days, you better not even go anywhere around it. Isolate yourself. Don't drive by K2 Steakhouse while you're fasting. You know, like a dog, you'll just start salivating. It's like, man. Just think about it, you know, like, you know, it is it's one of these things, you know, but I just think that when we do it, we're led by the Spirit of God. Like Luke 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit to fast and to go into the desert. It was that intentional moment that the Holy Spirit was leading him to. So how often? As often as God leads you to. Number four, so if you're not praying and seeking God during your fast, all you're doing is starving. Realize that. You're like, man, it's been so hard. You've been praying? Man, it's just hard. I just, I've not been praying much. I hadn't been, you know, you know, I'm just, I hadn't been praying. I hadn't been focusing on the Lord. I hadn't been doing nothing but starving. God wants you to counteract those starvation pains with focusing in the Spirit. Just think about that. If we are not actively praying and seeking the Father's face and all we're doing is not eating, then we're not fasting. We're starving. You know, so at, at the end of this fast, don't be like, well, all I did was starve. Don't be ignorant, okay? Make sure that we're seeking the Lord's face also in those moments. Um, you know, every time you have those hunger pains, press into the Lord. You know, I'm giving some guidance. If you, is there anybody in here that has never fasted? One, two, a few, a few of you. Okay, you've never fasted. Okay, awesome. I'm glad to share with you this morning. This is one thing that God wants you to begin to practice in your life. You're like, man, I don't know how to do it. There's a lot of guidance. There's a lot of guidelines. I'm going to give you some guidance as far as how we are going to do these, these, this fast this next year corporately. I think individually, let God lead you, okay? Um, so make sure you pray while you fast. I know that sounds super like simple, but just don't sit there and say, man, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm hungry. I can't think of nothing else, but I'm hungry. Start praying. Allow, allow that, that drive for that hunger to push you towards the things of the Spirit, okay? Every time you're like, I'm hungry, but Lord, I thank you for your goodness to me. You know, just in those moments of, of fighting through those cravings, allow to activate those things in the Spirit, not just fighting those things in the flesh. Number five, so this is something that I really felt strongly to share this morning. So Scripture always supports some type of abstaining from food or drink. 
every time you saw it. You know, it wasn't Facebook, it wasn't TV, it wasn't technology. Every time there was a biblical fast, it always involved food and drink. Now, know this morning that as we encourage a fast, if, if, if it is not safe for you or your doctor does not recommend it, please seek that counsel first. Make sure that you take care of yourself and you are safe. You know, be careful if you take certain medications that you're taking those in, in compliance to whatever that medicine says because that can have effects if you stop eating certain things, okay? So some of the, some of the ways that, that people do fast, you know, sometimes and most often through the Bible, it was just a few days, it wasn't this long, drawn-out thing. We see Daniel had a 21-day fast, which if you guys have been involved in this church, we usually do 21-day fasts. We're changing that this year, so that might be a good thing for you. You might have loved that 21-day fast. Hey, if God leads you to fast for 21 days, keep going past what we're going to establish for the congregation this year, okay? And then, then, then I said there was that one where it was a 40-day fast, no liquid, no, no food. And not, I've heard of guys doing it with just liquids, no food and no liquid, that has to be supernatural. How long can you live without water? Do you know the statistics? Seven to ten days. Seven to ten days if you're, probably, if you're not dehydrated when you start, probably. So there has to be some. So make sure you're being led by the Spirit of God and not just out to try to prove something, guys. This has to be something that God leads you to do. Okay? So those, those are some in the Scripture that are just different types of fast that people did. Um, you know, so... Guys, I want to just declare to you, the Lord is shifting us into a new season. Um, you know, sometimes, this is another cool thing that somebody shared this week. We have to understand that, you know, when we go to a new season, it's not, it doesn't have to be an unknown season. How many of you, because sometimes we're so fearful of the unknown. Make sure we remove that word of unknown and use the word new. Because we have to understand that God knows the season we're walking into and he is not, he is not unknowing as we pursue that season, it is just new for us. But it's very evident to what it is to God. And as God continues to reveal that to us, we continue to walk that out. So we are in a new season, not an unknown season. Okay? So in this new season, I just really believe that there is going to be an abundance of outpouring rain. And I'm just asking you guys to just begin to plant seed, to invest in the harvest, to keep your eyes on the harvest, not on the seed. So what are we going to do to start this new season? We're going to take some time as a church to prayer, for, for prayer and fasting. So as I was praying about what we should do, I know that we've always done 21-day fast. And last year, man, y'all were on board, man. We were calling each other. You all right, man? I'm barely making it. Me too. This is horrible. Keep praying. We'd encourage each other. It was tough. 21 days was so hard. But at the end of it, I felt that what, what I heard people saying, and it's, it's kind of funny, but it's like, man, I thank God I survived that fast. Thank the Lord we don't have to do it till next year. It's like, man, we only fast in February and then we're done. Yes. But what that does, it doesn't promote a lifestyle. It promotes a small, itty-bitty season of survival, not lifestyle, right? So what we're going to do, guys, this year, we're going to split it up to where we will fast for seven days, one week. So starting tomorrow, we'll begin a fast, and then Sunday, after the service, we break it. It'll be one week long. Um, there's not going to be specific guidance as to what to fast. Now, there may be a few texts that we send out, put it on our Facebook page, where we encourage specific things. Like there may be one day during the week we say, hey, zero technology. 
Now, some of you are like, oh, what am I going to do with my kids? Work it out. Teach them to pray too. When they, you know, but, but where there's zero technology, so what does that mean? That means no TV, no radio, no internet. Put your phone, turn it off. You know you can turn your phone off? Man, that's what that button does. <laughs> no, we don't do that, right? And we just may encourage you along because, but what I would encourage you guys to do is, is at least one time during this year of fasting, strive to commit to some type of no food or liquid, right? Like of something like, or changing, modifying your liquid. Because I think, you know, you can just drink water, but don't drink the soda, don't drink the tea, don't drink all the other stuff and just refrain to water and whatever. But I, be, I really want to encourage you, be led by the Spirit of God in that. But if you've never strived to do a food type fast, it's biblical. Now, I know, you know, I know some say, well, I'm on Facebook a lot. Well, here's what I encourage you to do. Even though you're fasting food, don't be hungry and gorge yourself out on Facebook. While you fast, you should already be removing a lot of that background noise. Because if we are seeking the Lord, there's no time to watch TV this week. There's no time to catch up on the latest Facebook. There's no time to, to, you know, to spend unlimited amount of time playing video games, Brett. If, if, if we're really fasting. He's like, I don't worry about Facebook. I'm not even hungry. Don't even come up to eat. It's got this new game I'm cruising through. I mean, you know, what, what I'm encouraging you guys is that when we're hungry, the biggest thing we really worry about is eating. And so then all the other stuff, you, you realize all of the other stuff, is, it's not necessary, but we've made it necessary. That is a scary thing. I can't live without Facebook. No, really, you can't live without food. But we've, we've made them the equivalent. Well, I'm just going to fast Facebook because now if Facebook is that big a deal in your life, then we got to pray that through this fast, God's going to do something miraculous anyway. If we cannot turn off technology, now that's going to be hard for me because I have music all the time in my office. I got speakers in every room. There is, now it's worship, you know, it's not, you know, but it, there's always this, but man, how am I going to deal with all this silence? Man, I may begin to hear the voice of God like I've never heard. It says, you got to turn that song down, even though it's glorifying me, I want to talk to you, son. So in amongst what we choose to fast, that we would also reduce all that background noise, that we would remove those things that distract us. Um, well, another thing we're going to do, uh, we're going to have prayer and worship between 7 and 8 every single day between the fast. So that means up here at the church from 7 to 8, we're going to have a little bit of worship. We are going to pray. 8 o'clock, we're going home. So I'm going to put a stopwatch. At 7, we're going to start. If you're late, you missed half of it. 8 o'clock, we're going to be walking out because I don't want it to be a long, drawn-out thing, but I want it to be very intentional. So starting tomorrow night between 7 and 8, we're going to have prayer and worship. Tuesday, prayer and worship. Wednesday, we're working through that. I think what we're going to do before we go to life groups and, and different things like that, we're going to come in here for 15 minutes, and then I'll release everybody. But that includes children, that includes the youth, and all the, all the uh, life groups. Um, what I would encourage you guys, Renee, to probably do at your life group is just take a moment on that Tuesday before life group just to pray and focus on that. Hey, this is a corporate fast. Let's take a moment to just be intentional with that. Um, Thursday, I know that we have a all-hands meeting. I'm going to take the same 15 minutes to just pray for a moment, and then we'll cover some of those things. From here on out, I really did a poor job because it was kind of like I started making all these plans, and then God kind of showed me the structure of what he wanted for fasting. So from here out, every time we declare a fast week, 
So what we're going to do, we're going to have these one week longs, but we're going to have them four times a year. Every quarter, we're going to strive to have one. Now, I know in October, November, December, oh, we're fasting in October. We're not fasting in November and December. <laughs> Too much goodness going on in those times of the year. I'm just saying. So we're going to be intentional, but we're still going to be smart to set most people up for success, okay? Um, so, but what, one week long, guys, and I'm asking you just to partner with us, engage, do as much as you can, seek the Lord's face. I know we've talked about vision and direction for this church, and, and I really believe that it's important to know where we are going, and this week that we just consecrate the work. We consecrate the effectiveness of what God wants to do. And maybe, you know, even this week that we begin to plant seeds for the harvest. But we need each of you guys helping us with that, okay? Um, Is that clear, kind of what we're doing with that? But I feel like this, guys, this is going to create more of a lifestyle rather than it is just a once a year thing. Now, if there's certain things where you can only do it a few days out of the week, hey, commit to as much as you can. I don't want it to be overbearing. Or if you mess up, you know, I've done that before. I'm fasting, and I'll just go by, and I'll throw something in my mouth, and it's down the hatch, and I'm like, oh, I'm fasting. It's not God's not going to strike you down. He's not going to just remember, hey, all right, sorry, Lord, and just keep fasting. I'm telling you guys, you, you, you will begin to break a habit of what is just normal for your life. Start cutting something out. How many of you have never fasted food? Raise your hand for me. How many of you would prefer to, f- prefer to fast something other than food? <laughs> if you fasted food, you're like, I would fast anything besides food. But guys, I really believe that this season, this year, God wants us to really sacrifice and to be intentional. Um, just some different things you can do, some ideas, because I know you, some of you have not fasted. Maybe some of you, God leads you to fast one meal. There's other ones that you can do, so, you know, uh, sun up to sun down. So when the sun's up, you don't eat. As soon as the sun goes down, it's on, baby. You know, like, there's different ones, you know, but be careful. Hey, one other thing, be careful if you start fasting Don't eat like you've eaten every meal. I don't know if you can literally pop a gut, but I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Be careful. There are some health things. You know, if if you go to a real restrictive type fast, be careful how you introduce yourself back into eating normal foods. Your body will tell you if you hit it too hard right out of the gate. Okay. Um, So if just, uh, just, I think however God leads you also get your kiddos and get your family involved in that process. Say, hey, what do you want to do? You know, I know last year uh, Samuel was a trooper. He did the Daniel fast with us for two weeks. The girls were eating pizza and were like, Samuel, you want something? He's like, no, I was eating what y'all are eating. I was like, dude, you got way more willpower than I did at that age. I would have pulled the kid card and said, I'm eating pizza. (laughs) You know, but I believe teaching these things, maybe it was his own willpower. He's being a little cocky right now this morning. Silly boy, but... But we want to create lifestyles, guys, of fasting on a regular basis. And how we really accelerate the impact of prayer is through prayer and fasting. Amen? So starting tomorrow, we'll start a fast. So you got one full day to eat your farewell meal and and, and decide what God is going to lead you to fast. And we will start Monday. And like I said, our first get-together will be Monday evening from 7 to 8. You guys stand with us and we'll get out of here. 
Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.